Okay, everyone, welcome to Amunatur 2022 in Or Shlomo. This is our first exciting appearance. Very happy to be here representing Rav Shalom Arashlita. This is an important event, one that's, you know, joining a new special shul and special souls that we've never met before, some we've met, but in different ways. And we have a big appreciation to the two organizers who don't want to take any credit. They know who they are. Is that right? Okay, good job. Uh, let's say the name. Jack and the Shmili. Thank you very much. We want to also thank um, all of you for making time tonight. Life is busy. People have a lot on in all different ways. We get to see in our daily meetings. We just had our last meeting of the Munatur 2022. It's very intense to experience and be part of Rav Arish's meetings. Not that I'm in all the meetings, but just being a part of the process and seeing all the souls and things people are struggling with and needing help and needing advice and needing a blessing from the Rav. Shalom Arish is a miracle, a walking miracle. The fact that he's going to be here in a moment and join us all together tonight. He wasn't able to speak uh, not so many months ago. Between January and March, he was speechless, except for Todah and Amen, which is very relevant, but we'll hear about that. Todah and Amen, that was all that he could say. So, within a bunch of months with a lot of tefillahs and a lot of chizuk, he's able to be here. And he did a whole tour, including many, many shuls, many, many neshamas, many souls throughout Brooklyn and New York. We kept it all around the area of New Jersey as well. All the areas that make it easier that we didn't have to fly, we did it for the Rav. So usually we wouldn't be so long in New York, but that was the divine providence and the flow that we were supposed to be here with you guys tonight, not anywhere else in the world, not in Miami, not in Los Angeles, not in... There's so many other alternatives, so Hashem really wanted this to happen. And Jack was the guy who reached out. And... We're happy to hear from Jack exactly why, but I, I think after hearing from the Rav tonight, you'll know why. And Shmuley apparently is a big part of our journey at Chushal Chesed and the Brez of Israel, Minalive.com. He's apparently made some important connections back in the day, so we appreciate that because we're still benefiting. So thank you. You see what people can do for each other, it's amazing. I want to invite out Rav Dain Elgon. He's going to be our translator tonight, but he's more than that. And there's a biggest appreciation for his hard work, this whole tour, and being part of our whole program in Israel, in Yishalayim, in Kodesh, being someone who's been there with the Rav through thick and thin, literally. And uh, he's a bit unknown still, like in my opinion, like he should be known more. He does a tremendous amount for the Kehillah and for Art Clay as well. And he has his own journey and story, which he told a little bit last night. I'd like to continue that, if possible, if he's agreeable. I'm sort of putting it on to him, just while we wait for the rub. Um, I just think it's something really important, because it's a journey that I'm sure many people in this shul share, that even though he looks like a dine, and I'm sure they'll explain exactly why he dresses the way he dresses, because it does have a story behind it. But the journey, the personal journey he had, is something which... Uh, Many, many souls now they can relate to where they were one thing. Me, myself included, I was, you know, grew up secular in North London. And then they transformed their life towards a soul, soul searching and spirituality and 
really looking for the truth and the true way of being. That's what I think the theme of this whole tour has been. All the souls have come to us, and tonight's climax class, a Muna 2020 tour, it's not, it's not like whatever, like it's, it's very meaningful, and for me personally, put a lot of time in making this happen. So I appreciate you sharing the time with us, and we're going to hear from Asadik soon. In the meanwhile, we're going to have one of his close chavusas and students from Dianelva. Please, let's hear from him, please. This is not fair. Me and Ellie will have our accounts later on. Shalom Aleichem to everyone. It's okay, it's okay. My name is Elchanan Elgor. It's okay. I'm an Israeli. I was born in Israel, in Rehovot. My parents are Londoners, hence the accent. I didn't speak a word of Hebrew. Since I was three years old, so English is my mama lotion. Uh, I'm a Talmud of Ramurcha Eliyahu. Don't know if some of you know him here. The rabbi used to joke that he knows uh, many, uh, many Sfari who want to be Ashkenazim. He knows one Ashkenazi who wants to be a Sfari. It's okay, I atoned for that because I married my wife, who's a Bukhari. So my father in law was actually shocked when I came in. I know all the team even better than he does. By the way, I saw a beautiful picture of Shlomo Kalabach. My rabbi Ramurcha Eliyahu is buried, Mamash, near. Shlomo is above, I think, if I'm not mistaken, one minute walk, diagonally up Parmenuchas. Uh, I got my smicha from Rabbonos and from Dayonos from Amorich Adiyau. I was ordained as a Dayan at the age of 29 and I started serving as one of the Chobot. And uh, then my Neshama died. Literally. I, was, uh, I had a Kehillah, I had a Kolel, but I had no Chayas, I had no Neshama, I had no Navodas Hashem. My prayer was, oh. It was absolutely pathetic. I mean, I had no connection with Hashem whatsoever. I was angry, agitated, I had terrible midas. I used to measure people because, you know, that's the way you grew up in the literature world. It, it all depends on your intellect. You're clever, you know how to ask a good question, you count. You're not clever, you don't exist. So that was Hashem uh, Yazo. When I was a young Avrech, I was given a book of the Raw of the Garden of Emunah, beautiful book. I read it, I stayed up all night, I read it twice. It's full of footnotes, and I tried to work on the book. Obviously, I am such a serious defect that books are not good for me. I can read them, but I can't implement them. So with time, it took about a month, I lost already the ability to practice what the book said, and I went back to being who I was. And then I really had a crisis. It was, I was then 30 years old, a year after I started serving as a diner in Chovot, and I went to meet the Rob. And uh, I fell in love. I met my Rebbe. And after a few times that we met, when I met, when I came to meet him, this is a nice story, I think you'll appreciate it in the shul. This was my first appointment with Rebbe. I came in, it was on Kaftet Iyar, Tavshin Samechtet, in a shul in Rechov Eshed and Nechalim 51 in Rishon Tzion. Now, I'm walking into the shul, and I want to speak to the Rebbe because I was so impressed by his book. Okay. I walk in, I'm sitting at the back, and then the Rabbi comes in, he was younger then, more agile, and he takes his hat and he goes whoosh, and he flips it up in the air. It does about three spins and he sticks his head under and it landed straight on, which was rather impressive. And I thought to myself, Rahman al Islam, I came to hear a share from a rabbi and I'm here with a clown. I'm stepping out. But just as I was getting up, the rabbi started giving the share. And since I'm English and we are supposed to be rather polite, so I sat down, I listened to the share. It was rather interesting. 
And then I decided, if I'm already here, I want to speak to the Rav. As I was waiting outside, there were people who were selling the books of the Rav. So someone asked me if I want to buy the book, Likuti Moharan. So I said, yes, with pleasure, why not? Okay, bought the book, Likuti Moharan. And then he said to me, listen, it doesn't work that way. Now that you bought the book, we have to learn a Torah from Rabbi Nachman. I said to him, okay, choose a Torah. He says, nah, it doesn't work that way. You've got to open the book, and whatever Torah you choose, that's the Torah we're going to learn. I said to him, okay, this sounds very much like Igros Kodesh. So here's another similarity between Chabad and Vesev. By the way, I gave a share once in South Africa, in the Chabad Kehillah, 11 points which are parallel between Chabad and Breslev. Unbelievable. Not for no, the, the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, had a very, very close relationship with Rabbi Nachman, even though there was a 50-year difference between them. Rabbi Nachman was very young, the Alter Rebbe was very old at that time. They had love and respect, something unbelievable. Okay, I opened the Torah, and the first Torah that I opened was in the second part, Torah 24, the Torah that deals with Simcha. And there the Rebbe says, Mitzvah Gedolah Simcha, always be happy. You're even supposed to do foolish things in order to be happy because happiness is so important. And I say to myself, okay, I got an answer for the hat part. That's interesting. Not bad. First Torah I ever learned. I'll never forget that Torah. Okay, I'm going to sit and wait. I was the last one in line, and my appointment was at 12 o'clock. The Rav was standing there completely exhausted. And uh, we met, and he said to me, listen, he said, whenever you want to come, come up to Yerushalayim. And I will dedicate the day to be with you. I said, okay, fine. Went home. I decided three days afterwards I'm going to go up to Yerushalayim. And, and the Rav did indeed dedicate the whole day for me. That was my first Esboidus. It was on Bet Iyar. Yom HaMiyuchas. Yom Yisrael. We're called V'yitim Li'am Sgula. Mamechet Kohani V'goy Kodosh. It was the first day I ever met the Rav. And I did that I, that I, that I was spent time with the Rav. My first Esboidus was on that date. And after three times that I went, three weeks, I found that I felt my Rav and my Rebbe. And I said to him, listen, I want you to be my Rebbe, but I'm problematic, I have my conditions. He said to me, no problem, I have my conditions. I said, okay, let's negotiate. You tell me your conditions, I'll tell you my conditions. Okay, we shook hands. The next time I came up, which was a week afterwards, the Rav told me, listen, I have a request from you. One of the things, the conditions that the Rav told me is, I can argue with him, but I have to eventually consent with what he says. In other words, it's Bittu, first thing. Okay, he says, listen, he says, I want you to quit your job in Rehobot. I said, uh, and do what? I want you to come to Yerushalayim and to be the brother of the in Yerushalayim. I said to him, okay, but I have to ask my wife. Okay, I went to my wife. Now, from her reaction, you can see how bad my situation was. Her reaction was, yes, my husband is finally going to be a fruit Jew. Okay? <laughs> so my wife was delighted. We really literally had a couple of weeks to close everything. My Kehillah took it. My Kehillah was very shocked. And uh, I've been with the Rav since. It's been 14 years. It's been an unbelievable journey. I mean, something, something phenomenal. I'm, I'm going to tell you one of the... I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Litvak. I'm half Litvish and half Yekish, which means we're really problematic. And English from both sides. That's the fail, you know. It's like, and for that to become a Chosid, I have people in my father's shul who refuse to speak to me. They say I'm a Shigana, I'm a Russia that I became a wrestler, and they refused to even look at me because you're not allowed to look at a Russia. I went to one of them and I said to him, listen, I said, you're absolutely right. You're a tzaddik, you're a hell of a tzaddik. I envy your own habon. And I really, I wish I could be like, I, I want to ask you one question. Did you ever doubt it to me? According to your sheet, I'm, I'm either Meshigana or Russia. My name is Elchanan Shalom Ben Shoshana Bela. Did you ever doubt it to me? You have my name, it's written on the card of the shul. Why didn't you doubt it to me? Why didn't you doubt it to me? 
my healing, that I'll be able to do tshuva, that I'll merit to be a tzaddik like you and have your oil and habo. Have you ever thought of davening for me? And he went white. Okay, that's when I realized that I don't want to be like him. And I'm always parted. I'm going to tell you a, a, a moifes, a miracle about the Rav, but it's a litvish miracle. It's not a chassidish moifes, okay? Most of us, I'm speaking mostly about myself. We're phonies. Okay? We, we put on a mask. We play the game. We are completely different people. At home and at work. At home and in shul, in work and in shul, we put on a mask according to what we expect people to want from us at that given time, at that given moment, at that given place. We're not real. Most of us, the most real self comes out, unfortunately, at home, which is why the rabbi emphasized so much the part of Shon Bais, because at home, only the wife knows nearly who we are completely. There are very few, at least in my experience, Anshay Emes. Now, all my life I've grown up next to Gdodi Yisrael. The Gdodi Yisrael really are Anshay Emes. But again, it's a special virtue. Being a man of truth and living your Emes all day long is something very rare. And when you find people who are Emesic people, cling on to them. The rabbi is an Ish Emes. I've been with him, as Eli said, in thick and thin. What you see is what you get. Since the rabbi has come, I'm sorry, it's my turn to step down and to ask the rabbi. Oh, we're still waiting? I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I can't see. I can see you moving there, but I can't see. I'm without my glasses. I apologize.
Everyone here say thank you Hashem for the Holy Torah. Thank you Hashem for the Shabbos, the Chagim, the festivals, the Tzadikim that we have, all the mitzvahs that we have. Thank you. Thank you, Hashem, for this beautiful shoot. Thank you, Hashem, for the electricity. Everyone say thank you for the chair you're sitting You don't say thank you, stand up. <laughs> Thank you, Hashem, for the table, <laughs> the microphone. Thank you. Thank you. Shadam Hashem. When a person says thank you, he lives the reality of Hashem. Who does a chair belong to? To the Creator. If I use the chair, I say thank you for using it. So I live the reality that everything belongs to Hashem. says that whenever he sees something lacking, it's either because one didn't pray for it, or one prayed not enough for it. In his storybook, Sipurei Masiyot, ancient tales, Rabbi Nachman of Reslev tells in the ninth story, the story of a wise man and a simpleton. Everyone knows the story. The Rebbe tells about two children who were absolutely equal for every single thing they had. They both had rich parents. 
They both lived in big houses. They learned in the same cheder. With the same rebbe. Everything was equal. But one of them was the wise one, and the other one was the simple. Rabbeinu specifies that the simpleton was not stupid. He just had a very simple and low way of thinking of things. Very straightforward, very simple. When you think of it, the wise one had an advantage. His wise. He understands everything quickly. Like we see in the continuation of the story, that in a very short period of time, the wise one learns how to be a doctor. He learned to be a jeweler. Everything he learned in a very quick time. On the other hand, the simpleton. He was a shoemaker. He learned for a very long time. And in the end, his shoe looked like a triangular shoe. <laughs> but Rabbeinu continues he was telling the whole story. And we can see that the wise man fell eventually to the bottom of the pit. <laughs> Why? Because when a person receives something without working and toying fit, without freeing fit, pride and vanity enter him. And that harms him. The Ariya of Blessed Memory writes that every single thing that a person receives without prayer, it will harm him. My son asked me, what would I do if I did receive something and I didn't pray for it? I said to him, say thank you. Saying thank you amends the situation and makes sure that you don't have any pride or vanity. When you say thank you, you know that you received it from Hashem. 
הכסס שלך לעשיו. ואני מודה לו, קיבלתי כל דבר. Like I explained, I say thank you for the chair, it's because I acknowledge the fact that the chair belongs to Hashem, and I was given permission to use it, and it's like that with every single thing. So the perfection is to pray for something, and when you receive it, also to say thank you and be grateful for it. The Rebbe teaches us, and Rabbi Natan writes it in the Kutei Alochus, that the main aspect of the Yetzir Horah's job is to tell you that you are bad, that you are evil. That is the main aspect of the Yetzir Horah, of the dark side. The Rebbe told us that the Yetzir Horah doesn't want the actual sin. He wants, after the sin, to convince you that you are bad and evil. If a person knows himself, and he knows that he is good, the Yetzirah is unable to conquer him. Every one of you here is good. And he only wants to do good. That is the truth. Any other thought that you think about yourself is a lie, and that is the Yetzirah, the dark side. What is a Jew? It's his soul. When you say me, do you mean your coat, your jacket? <laughs> The body too is the coat, the jacket of the soul of the neshama. You are the soul. Asha, 
ותביאתו עם עצמו בכל התרומות שבעולם. בבוקר קם, אומר, אלא כאן, ושמע שתתי בי תורה. An evil person who for a hundred years did every single sin that, exist, that exists. He defiled himself with the worst impurities that you can imagine. Yet when he gets up in the morning, what does he say in his prayers? Elokai, my God, the soul that you gave me is pure. For a hundred years, he did the worst sins possible. He defiled himself. He committed atrocious acts. The soul remains pure. So how should a person know this wonderful wisdom, this wonderful knowledge? The Rebbe writes in the Kuti Muharan, in the fourth Torah, when a person knows that everything that happened to him is for the better good, that is considered to be Oilam Habba, the afterlife. And he will say thank you for everything. Thank you for the good, thank you for the bad. Because Hashem only does good. So the conclusion is, what is the difference between a person who knows and a person who doesn't know? They both go through the same thing. But he who knows has heaven on earth. Because this world and the afterlife, it all depends on your knowledge. Every single day people come to me and say to me, you changed my life. Also here. What happened? Because they received the knowledge and the wisdom. They learned how to know Hashem. Every 
The Rebbe explains and teaches how does a person reach that knowledge and wisdom. The Rebbe says only when a person does tshuva, when he repents on a daily basis. When a person searches his soul on a daily basis for every thought, for every speech, for every action, then will he receive this knowledge and this wisdom that Hashem is good and that everything he does is only for the better good. On the way to my car, someone came to me and he said to me that he has debts, he has problems with his livelihood. So I said to him, listen, I'm going to bless you that you should have him when you should have faith. And then you will have panos, you'll have a good livelihood. He said to me, I have a Muna, I just have worries. <laughs> Funny, no? Look at how people live a lot. People come to me with fears, worries, anxieties, and I tell them, I bless you that you should have a Muna. And they say to me, we have a Muna. <laughs> no translation either. <laughs> when a person tells me he doesn't have shalom bais, he doesn't have domestic peace and tranquility, I say to him that I'm blessing you to have a Muna, and if you have a Muna, you will have domestic peace and tranquility. <laughs> he says, I have a Muna. Every single person that a person is lacking in this world, every single thing, it's because he's lacking emunah. He's lacking the wisdom and the knowledge 
What is it? So we need to teach you what is a moon. Everyone repeats after me. You can say it in Hebrew. In Hebrew, in English, repeat after me. Emuna. Emuna. Loud, blessed be his name, always loves me. Always. And everything will always be only good. And it will get better and better. Now that I told you what a moon is, now tell me the truth. Do you agree that you're lacking a moon? Yes. <laughs> Now I can teach you emuna. Because when a person tells me that he has emuna, I tell him, learn the book The Garden of Emuna, and then tell me if you have emuna. The Hilagi Rebbe writes in the Kute Muharran that the soul and Imuna are one thing. So all the people who are suffering in their souls. They will learn the garden of Emunah and their soul will be healed. I met so many people. Endlessly. They learned the garden of Emunah and that's it. Their soul is healed. That's why we're going to learn about the aspect of Emuna. Remember. Emuna. Emuna. 
Hashem, blessed be His name, always loves me. And everything will always be only good. And it will get better and better. So I said to someone who didn't have a livelihood, say, Hashem always loves me, and I will have a good livelihood, and it will have you only get better and better. So if he has a moon and he doesn't have any worries. So if he has worries, he says to himself, nonsense, Hashem's love, Hashem loves me. I'm going to have a wonderful livelihood and it's only going to get better and better and my livelihood is going to grow and grow. You have fears? Say nonsense. <laughs> what have I got to be afraid of? Hashem always loves me. And everything will always be only good and it's only going to get better. Every bad thought that enters your head, that is heresism. And you have to constantly think and purify through thoughts of emuna. Well, I'm sure you want to ask, why is it only going to get better and better? Do you have questions? Awesome. Why is it going to get better and better? Why? Because Hashem is only good. And you are only good. I'm talking about God-fearing people. People that are far away from being God-fearing people, I pity them. I pity them. They don't even know what they're supposed to do in this world. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about you. Every single day you do mitzvahs, you do commandments of Hashem. On the first day, you have ten commandments that you did. <laughs> And every single day, you have more commandments and more commandments. 
So certainly it's only going to be better and better. Ah, but you have questions. You also do have various transgressions and sins. The Rebbe teaches us that when Moshe Rabbeinu gave us the Torah, we got 613 commandments. One of the commandments is the obligation to pray. Did Moshe Rabbeinu give us the Siddur? Maybe he gave us the Tehillim? Maybe he gave us the book Likutei Tfilis? Moshe Rabbeinu didn't give us any book of prayer. So what prayer are we commanded to pray? That is called That is what the Rambam writes. Ah, so Ibudidut starts already from Moshe Rabbeinu. For how many times, for how many years did the Jews do it for the Jews? Nearly 1,000 years. Until the times of Ezra the scribe, that he wrote the Siddur. Until then, Amisrol only did it for Rebbe writes in the 15th Torah in the Kuti Moharan that what is called Yirat Hashem, being a God fearing person. Rebbe writes. The Rebbe writes when a person on a daily basis searches his soul and does tshuva. If you don't do tshuva, you're not called a God-fearing person. Because you live as if you're the landlord. Do whatever you want, and that's it. You don't answer to anyone. But even a person who has the lowest level of being a God he fears the punishment. Certainly, he's afraid of being punished, so he does tshuva, he repents. And more so, he who fears the oneness and greatness of Hashem. 
is embarrassed from Hashem. Rabbi Nachman asked Rabbi Nathan, when you stand before Hashem, are you embarrassed from Hashem? Do you become red in shame? The Rebbe used to tell about himself. He used to become a strong color of red from the shame that he felt before Hashem. And Rabbeinu didn't commit any sins. A person needs to tell Hashem what he did from yesterday's Yom Kippur till today's Yom Kippur. Women too. In Dresden, women are just like the men. There's no difference. In Breslev, women don't get any leniencies. <laughs> women also need to do an Arabic Bodhidut. Every day a person has one hour of Yom Kippurim. <laughs> because all his sins are atoned for. <laughs> and 23 hours for him. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? <laughs> Do we have the book in Forest Fields? No, it's run out. <laughs> Sorry, only on the website. So the rabbi is asking him to bring the books or whatever he has now. More or less run outs. <laughs> in the book, in Forest Fields, I wrote that a person who repents on a daily basis in the heavenly realm it's considered that he repented out of love. Why? Because a person that sometimes, sometimes repents. There's some poor people who never do tshuva. 
But there are people who occasionally do children. When they have agony or hardship, they want Hashem to forgive them. Because the Rebbe brings in the Kutem Aram that there is no agony or hardship without sin. So a person has sins. And because of that, he has agony and hardship. Thank you very much. So a person does tshuva so that Hashem should forgive him for the sins that because of them he has agony or hardship. But a person that does tshuva on a daily basis, even on his most beautiful days of life, he does tshuva. That is called doing tshuva, repenting out of love. And the Gemara tractate Yonah. The Gemara writes that he who does tshuva and repents out of love, even the sins that he did on purpose in order to spite Hashem, even they turn into merits into positive commandments. So everything is good. Every day you do commandments. And the sins themselves turn into positive merits. So certainly every day will be better and better. Nevertheless, even when a person does tshuva, occasionally Hashem sends him agony and hardship. But a person who lives with a muna, he says, thank you. He's happy. And he does tshuva. I wrote in my book, The Garden of Shabbat. The once on Shabbos, Hashem made sure that my tooth was inflated. Masi. The agony. Masi. What did I do? 
I went and had a root canal treatment, right? Oh, you're allowed to have a root canal treatment on Shabbos? Of course. I went to the field. I said to Hashem, Hashem, please show me what is the sin that because of that my tooth became infected. I thought maybe it's because of food. Maybe it's because of something that I said. But I always smile. First of all, I smile. But Rabbeinu writes in the Kutim Moharan that teeth come from the word Nashani Elokim, which is a phrase which talks about forgetting things. Doesn't matter, it took me about two hours. Until I realized what Hashem wants from me. I accepted upon myself to repent. On the spot, the infection went away. I have many of these stories in my life. Something happened, I did tshuva, I repented, and I saw salvation on the spot. It's a hawk. It's a law. It's not that Hashem does things for nothing. Hashem doesn't pay and doesn't do things without any cause. It's not like Hashem is spiting and hitting his children. It doesn't work that way. Well, what did we say? A person does mitzvot. And all the sins turn into positive merits. So he only has good. A woman said to me that it's easier for her to believe 
that Mashiach is going to come, then it's a belief that Hashem loves her. I'm sure that here there are people that also believe the same thing. I told that woman, and today all the time people are coming to the center to speak to me. I teach them Emunah. One by one I teach them Emunah. I told the woman, do you love your children? Answer. Do you want to do for your children only good things? Answer. Yes. <laughs> I tell her Hashem is at least like you. <laughs> at least. <laughs> no translation. Could I please have the Kutem Moran? Who's running away? Don't run away! I came from Jerusalem to speak to you. Thank you. The Rebbe writes the rule that the main purpose is only to work and to follow the path of Hashem. For His name. In order to merit, to know Him, and to know His ways, the Rebbe writes, the purpose is to know Hashem and to follow Hashem's path and ways. And the Rebbe writes, it is not worthy for a person to have any other intent when he is worshipping Hashem. We came to this world in order to know Hashem. That's what the Holy Zohar writes. Begin it, Mardena, Venu, 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 Ven
The Zohar writes, Bishvilish Timoda Elahute, in order to know Hashem's way, in order to know Hashem's godliness. So it's like this. Hashem is only good. In the Kuti HaLochas, Rabbi Natan writes that all the troubles and toils that a person goes through is because he's distanced himself from Hashem who is one. That Hashem is one and that His name is one. What does that mean that Hashem is one and His name is one? And that He only has one name and that is He is always good. When a person thinks that it's going to be bad, it will be bad. There's a book that I wrote. Say thank you and see miracles. People say thank you. And they see salvations. What is it? Why did they have all these troubles and hardships in the first place? Because they distanced themselves from Emunah. That Hashem is only good. So Hashem sent them agony and hardship. And now they return to the Emuna. They say thank you to Hashem for the hardship and the troubles. And things turn into good. I had a shear which I gave in the city of Be'er Sheva in Israel. Once a month I used to give their shir. A woman came to me. She told me that she had a husband who curses her, who disrespects her, who humiliates her. I couldn't even hear these things. You can't hear such terrible things. And this was happening on a daily basis. I told her to learn the book, The Gates of Gratitude. I couldn't say to her anything. Come 
A few months later in my class, she came to me, I saw she was happy. I didn't ask any questions. At the end of the year, she came up to me and she told me what happened. I wrote in the book, The Gates of Gratitude, that there are no agonies or hardships or troubles without a person sinning. She realized that her husband was only the cane of Hashem. And Hashem is telling her that she deserves these hardships and troubles. And she started saying every single day, half an hour thank you. Thank you, Hashem, for all the troubles and hardships that you are sending me through my husband. Well, her husband, who used to curse her, and she always used to retell She also used to curse him. Now, whatever he says, she's happy. She doesn't answer back. He asked her, why aren't you answering back? She said to him, you're nothing but a king. What? I'm going to answer the king. What is a king, the husband asked her. So she started explaining to him, if I deserve troubles and hardships, Hashem is using you to strike me and I'm happy to receive this trouble and hardship with love. And that evil husband did shoot. He was embarrassed. He said, what? He saw her level of embarrassment. And she receives all these difficulties with love. And he did tshuva. What did I just tell? That a person has agony and hardship because he forgot that Hashem is only good. 
When he goes back to living that Hashem is only good, the agony and hardship leave him alone. I can tell you dozens of stories. It's very important. You want to have a good life, right? Learn how to do tshuva every day. What a beautiful life. <laughs> All his life, he does tshuva. I'll explain shortly. But if you can learn this book in Forest Fields, and learn it very well, and you'll see what to do. So we explained. A person needs to tell Hashem what he did from yesterday's Yom Kippur till today's Yom Kippur, and we have a Yom Kippur all year round, not once a year. Every day we have a Yom Kippur. Hashem is so good, is so good. What is it written? Take with you words and you shall return to Hashem. And the Midrash says, I'm not asking you for anything except for you to speak before me. Stand every day and tell Hashem everything. You daven chakras? Thank you. But do tshuva. If you skipped part of the davening. If you davened with kavon and with intent. You know. <laughs> So a person does tshuva. Certainly for the sins. But also for the mitzvahs, also for the commandments that he did. Why should a person be foolish? Why do you want to suffer in this world and in the afterworld? Every day speak to Hashem. Every day all your sins are atoned for. 
easily. Beautiful life, very beautiful life. Please, it's very important to merit you. That you shall merit to be people who do tshuva. The women too. The women too will merit to do tshuva. So if there are any questions, please. What happens if every day you find yourself... Just that, excuse me, one thing, I can't see properly without my glasses, so stand up, speak. What happens if every day you're doing tshuva on the same thing? Good question. If you would have learnt the book, you wouldn't have had any questions. I say to HaKadosh Baruch, who created the world, yesterday I did tshuva, and today again I'm doing tshuva. Please have mercy on me. What, I'm going to go through this world every day being the same thing? Give me strength, give me strength. You need to know something. A person has a Yetzirah, a dark side. But none of you here have the Yetzirah Tov. You don't have the good side. I have the good side. Why? Yetzirah Tov is it Bodidut. Where is that written? In the Holy Gemara. The Gemara writes in tractate, Sukkah tractate Kiddushin. If Hashem does not help you, you are unable to defeat the Yetzirah. So you have a Yetzirah, you have a dark side, and it defeats you. And what can you do? And now you've got to do tshuva. And the Yetzirah says to you, why are you doing tshuva? You're going to fall again the next day. You're going to sin again and again. What for? First of all, even if you repeat the sin again and again, you still have to but when a person sees that he's repeating it, then he will realize that the main thing that he has got to accept upon himself is that he is going to keep praying to Hashem so that Hashem will help him to defeat the Yetzirah. Next question. I suggest. We don't have many books. There are only ten left here. 
Buy the books, order the books. I'm telling you a story that happened. There were two brothers. And both of them died and they came together to the heavenly realm. One was a very rich man. And the other one was very poor. The rich brother saw that they're giving him an oilam haba as a reward for everything he did, but his poor brother, oh, what he got, ten times more. The rich man said, what's happening here? What, is this the world of lies? I learned Torah at least like him. I doubted at least like him. Everything I did at least like him. And I, being so rich, do you know how much stock I gave? Why is he getting such a greater reward than I am? So we tell him in the heavenly realm. He gave out books. <laughs> he said, the rich man, how much do the books cost? He gave a thousand books. How much do a thousand books cost? Even one book changes people's lives. That's why I'm asking you. All the time, learn the books yourselves and also spread them out, distribute them to others, also to non-Jewish people. In these days, every day non-Jewish people came to me. One flew in seven hours from Missouri. Another family drove in for three days from Denver. Also in Israel, always non-Jews are coming to me. They come to say to me, thank you. You live here. You have to bring the non-Jews closer to Hashem. Says that we are supposed to be a light to the non-Jews. Every day we say in the prayer, That's why we are hoping for you, Hashem. What are we hoping for? 
that all the world will believe in Hashem, will speak with Hashem. The non-Jews that learn my books, they do an hour of exposition. There was a woman who spoke to us, a non-Jewish woman. She received the book, The Garden of Emuna. She stopped going to church, threw away her cross, and she asks me, how should I do, what should I do, in order for everyone to follow my path and leave the church? I merited to bring tens of thousands of non-Jews closer to Hashem. They believe in Hashem. They do it for the dut on a daily basis. There's a book, The Garden of all the books you can spread them out also to non-Jews. Smile. Well. <laughs> we must bring closer our own redemption. By doing tshuva on a daily basis. And to bring closer the redemption of the whole world. That everyone should know. The Hashem. Even the non-Jews. Everyone is obligated to believe in Hashem. Why are you sitting here abroad? Why are you living abroad? Come to Eretz Yisrael. Make Aliyah. There's one reason. Because of that reason, you're allowed to stay. If a person spreads a moon, like Avraham Avinu, so Hashem says, okay, he spreads a moon, so he can stay here. That's why Hashem placed Jews all over the world, so they should spread their Muna to the whole world. <laughs> Smile. <laughs> well, I'm going to bless you. I'm really happy to meet you. 
And I hope that you merit to receive the greatest gift in the world. And that is to do an hour of its body on a daily basis. Like the Rebbe wrote, Hitbodedut is the greatest virtue from all other things. The greatest gift is every day to be with Hashem. Even me at the beginning, I used to come to the field. You don't have to go to the field. You can do it in your room, in the garden, in a park. The main thing is to be alone with Hashem. I used to come, I was unable to speak to Hashem. I used to stand an hour in silence. The end of the hour. I said, thank you Hashem. That I merited to do my hour before the Dut. Please, merit me to come also tomorrow. And this is what I've been doing all my life. Tomorrow I came. Again, I stood without saying anything. Doesn't matter. I said, thank you. Every day I was knocking on Hashem's door. Knocking on the door of Hashem. And eventually Hashem opened the door. Any one of you comes knocking on Hashem's door every day, Eventually, Hashem will open the door. That's why it's important to learn. This book in Forest Fields, it will strengthen you. He who blessed our holy forefathers, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and our holy foremother, Sora Rivka Rachel Belea, and all the righteous people through the generations. And with the merit of our master, Rabbi Nachman of Breslev, Hashem will give you full and complete emuna. Always be happy. You shall have the healing of the soul. Healing of the body. Those who are looking for their soulmates will get married this year. You shall have boys and girls who shall be righteous boys and girls. A good, good livelihood. And you shall merit to spread emuna. And you'll merit to do an hour of it bodidut every single day. And Mashiach ben David shall come with mercy, with no wars, with no agony or hardship. Soon.
Amen.